Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about how it is that we uh, end up keeping ourselves single now. Before I even open up the topic, I want to remind everyone that there's nothing wrong with singledom. Being single does not mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you are doing life wrong. It does not mean that you have misplaced your priorities in the hierarchy of, of how they fall. Some people are solo, solo driven, solo based. That is an appropriate relational style. Not everyone has to be geared towards or wanting partnership. Uh, it's one of the beautiful things that has come out of the creative, diverse ways that people form and build relationships. Now that things like open styles, polyamory, and all these different things get more normalized, we can learn about the hundreds of hundreds upon hundreds of different ways that people can relate. I'm trying to coach and encourage and motivate people to just at least consciously choose. Again, historically, we just fall in line and we think that we naturally have to always be seeking relationship and that if relationship's missing, oh my gosh, we think something's wrong with us. There's a box unchecked and then we create all this pressure. We personalize. But dating is a very complex thing. It's about meeting the right person at the right time and uh, really assessing chemistry and compatibility. So again, it's okay to be single. We shouldn't all be, if single, looking for a relationship. Some people in relationship should be working towards singledom. And as we learned in, let's say, the poly world, some people are poly solo, where they're with a partner that's polyamorous and wants multiple relationships, but they themselves are very solo. Some people practice relational anarchy, which means they don't prioritize romantic relationship before other relationships. To them, everyone is equal. Their friendships are as deep, as meaningful, and as important as their romantic or sexual relationships. You do not have to prioritize your romantic partner. All these different relational styles. Point being, it's okay if you're single. It takes time, it's a numbers game, but we're gonna talk about some of the things you might be doing that are keeping you single or stuck in singledom because we want everyone to be conscious of what's going on in their life, the choices they're making, whether or not they're achieving their goals. But I also want everyone to interrogate and ask themselves, whatever goal it is that I have or I'm holding myself accountable to, whose goal is that? Is that mine? Did I choose that? Is that the way I wanna do it? I want people to be radically authentic, radically liberated, which means they don't fall in line and follow the social script that's been provided to them or that everyone else is following. It's okay to do things differently. I love that people are delaying marriage and having children. I think people need to spend more of their time dating casually a multitude of people, having different relational and sexual experiences and milestones, traveling, spending time with friends, maybe working on career and hobbies, and delaying, if even ever, stepping into parenthood or a family unit. 
I'm a supporter of people not buying a home and just renting. I'm a supporter of people being childless and just enjoying each other. I'm supportive of people delaying committed primary monogamy relationships for a length of time and just getting out there and having, like I said, different experiences with different people, making friendships, having different sexual experiences. There's no right way to do things. Please don't think that because you've dated, got monogamous, moved in together, had children and bought a house that your life is better, happier, more superior. In fact, a lot of the people that have done all of that were never given what they thought that that promised because that doesn't promise anything. Happiness and health is about the people themselves within whatever the structure is. No structure promises anything. It's like I tell people, have sex for the first time and the second time and the 15th time because you want to, because sex doesn't promise anything. It doesn't mean that person will become your boyfriend or girlfriend or that you're gonna fall in love or that you're gonna get married or that you'll even stay in love or married or in relationship. We think these different structures and identities and activities promise things or are leading to things. They promise nothing and they don't always lead to something. We wanna make more conscious decisions knowing that the future is not promised or guaranteed. One of the things I say to people all the time is we operate in relationships from a place of trust that things will go the way we want, but they often don't. And what we really want to hope for and what we really want to commit to is if and when our feelings changes, if and when our feelings change, we will lovingly share that with our partner and we will lovingly discuss what the options are. And if we lovingly choose to end, we will lovingly work our way out. That's the commitment I want everyone to make because we never know. We don't always grow in the same direction with the same level of chemistry compatibility with the same goals. Sometimes we evolve out and away from our primary relationship. That doesn't mean that the partner or the relationship was a failure. That is just how life works. Things are always changing and we can't control how or where or when we change. And so relationships ending is a part of a lot of people's story and will continue to be as we live longer and longer. But until then, for those that do want a partner, we're gonna talk about what you might be doing that is you getting in your own way. <laughs> because again, I'm all about consciousness, at least choosing consciously and mindfully the choices we're making and not just keeping our head down and falling in line and doing what we're told we're supposed to. Because whoa, that's what a lot of us are actually doing. <laughs> it's not just coincidence that we are all often following the same developmental steps. And just because your path is outside of a normal developmental process, that doesn't mean it's disordered or pathological. That's the biggest lie in the field of psychology is we come up with these developmental stages, which are statistical norms. Tons of people live on either side of it and we hold everyone accountable to it. What? Who's this magical person whose brain or behavior or path we're trying to follow? And why are we being held accountable to it? It's a standard. It's a norm. That doesn't mean it's correct or right. And living outside of that is where a lot of beauty and honesty live. So uh, we're going to be coming back and talking about how you might be keeping yourself single. DMs are always open. So if you got a DM for a question or topic, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. But uh, otherwise, stick around, y'all. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about ways that we keep ourselves single. Nothing wrong with being single. Nothing at all. It should be... Look, some people are single early in life. Some people are single in midlife. Some people are single and later later in life. Times change. Relationships don't always evolve in the ways we want, in the directions we want, at the time we want. We've kind of covered that in different shows, but we're going to talk a little bit about what might be going on so as to uh, block and prevent you from having that relational goal. And sometimes it's us. We're getting in our own way. So I want to kind of just frame this. Um Nothing can promise anything. And I and that's one of the hard truths in therapy is I have to say to clients directly or indirectly, I can promise nothing. You know, psychology, sociology, all of that, um, all the different institutions and social forces that we're up against are intergenerational traumas, what's going on in our current lives, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, we can't always achieve everything we want. Uh, what therapy can help you do is look at what you have control over and as I say around sex and dating, at least at least removing obstacles and barriers and helping create the conditions upon which it can emerge. That's all we have control over. Um, and, and then we go out there and we do our best and we're at the mercy of people, place, and time. So that's what we want to look at tonight. What are the obstacles or barriers that you need to dismantle within yourself and how can we create the conditions? So I want to start before I get into the ways we keep ourselves single. I want to I want to kind of go backwards and start with some perspectives. One of the number one things I remain I remind my clients is that you have to go out in the world and participate. And I've talked about this at different times through other different topics. A couple of these points. So for longtime listeners, some of this is repetitive, which good. I I, I try to be as repetitive as possible to really build these things in. Um, I remind everyone first off that the most important thing we can do is one step further. That's like the name of this little exercise that I give my clients that are single and wanting partnership. I say to them, we tend to back off when we hit our level of max capacity around anxiety. So in theory, most likely you're moving through the world unconsciously and you're operating within the limits of comfort. We rarely, rarely, rarely are so aware of ourselves that we're checking in enough to realize when we're bumping up against our window of tolerance because we all have a, a different window of what we can tolerate. Some people, it's a very large window and they can handle a lot of anxiety and they're very confident and they push on their edges. And for other people, it's a lot smaller and they don't take risks. We're always trying to expand that window of how much we can tolerate and, and, and how much um, anxiety we'll step into. So when we're talking about dating, most people are operating from a place of their limits. They're not challenging themselves. And that's where the idea of one step more comes in. One step more, again, does not promise you're gonna fall in love and meet your partner. I never make those promises, but I can help you get out of your own way and do the best you can within what we have control over. And so what I say to them is when you're in an, when you're in an environment or in having an experience or there's an opportunity, at least do one thing more take one step forward. That doesn't, again, promise success. 
in the way you might think because you're focused on the goal and you think the goal is just getting someone. My goal for you is growth. So one step more means we're at least practicing pushing on that edge and stepping into our anxiety a little bit. And it's going to mean something different in different contexts. So you have to take that out into the world and apply it. Here's an example. Um, you might be at a store. Let's say you're at the supermarket and you look across the room and you see someone attractive. Well, you'll normally do what it is you normally do, which might be nothing. And now I want you to hear me in your head saying one step more, one step more, do one more thing further. And that at least is you pushing on your edges, taking risks. And what happens is the more we do that, the more familiar we get and we start pushing further and further. So there's exponential growth, but nonetheless, just in that moment, doing one step more will make you feel more empowered and might just be the one little more thing added that was required for either you to go further or for maybe them to step in and do something. Because remember, apps are a different thing, even though this applies to apps for sure. But in, in, in I don't wanna say in real time because apps are real time, but in the non-app world, oftentimes we'll see someone who's attractive or we'll notice someone. And again, we operate within comfort. And I'll say one step more. So that might mean something as small as, because it's little small things. One step more isn't go hit on them, which by the way, if you're willing and open to doing that, do that. I took a year of my life. It wasn't quite a year, but I took like a month and I said, you know what? I'm no longer going to be that person that doesn't take risks. And that if I notice someone says nothing, if someone notices me, does nothing. And I started doing things and I was really proud of myself. In the first week, someone walked by and looked at me. So I went up and introduced myself. We exchanged numbers. We went on a date. Twice I was out in the world, saw someone notice me and I went over and asked them out as well. And everyone was blown away. Everyone said literally the same thing. Wow. No one really ever does that. And they were so complimented. So if you're willing to do that, start doing that. But for those that say, it's a little too far, great. One step more. So if you're in a store and you notice someone across the aisle, go stand near them. They're looking at the frozen peas. You also go look at the frozen broccoli. That's one step more. And you might say, well, how's that helpful? Because maybe all the other person needed to do was see you move near them. Or all that other person needed for you to do is to be in closer proximity for them to turn to you and start a conversation. Or all you needed to be was to be closer to them so they could look at you and smile and then you'd be confident saying, hi, what's your name? One step more gives us one more opportunity. It gives them one more opportunity. And it's also us practicing getting out of our comfort, stepping into discomfort, which is when all of these things tend to happen. So this is going to look like a lot of different things in different contexts. It might be asking one more question of the person you're flirting with. It might be standing near them. It might be looking back one more time. It might be walking by them once by going to the bathroom and you have to walk by them on the way there and on the way back. And it gives them a chance or you a chance to connect again or say something. We're just giving ourselves more opportunities and we're trying to remove barriers. So remember that. What is one more thing I can do? Look again, say something, start a conversation, ask a question, stand near them, walk by them. I don't know. It's always going to be different, but apply that because again, we're trying to create the conditions and it's a big ask for that person to come all the way across the room to hit on you because you're not willing to do it. So you understand how hard that is. We're making it easier on us. We're making it easier on them. All right, coming up next, we're going to keep talking about tips and tricks for not keeping ourselves trapped in singledom. For those that don't want to be, some people, they're like, I'm happy and single. More power to you. And they'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around, though. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back and uh, talking about how to stop 
keeping ourselves single for those that don't want to be. Nothing wrong with singledom. It does not imply there's something wrong with you. Your life is miserable. You're missing something. You're immature. You're not an adult, whatever it is. That's not true. Singledom is an appropriate position for a lot of people to live in, maybe forever. Not everyone needs romantic partnership to be happy or to feel complete. That is a lie we've been told. And in fact, romantic relationships for some people have made their lives harder and more miserable. Not everyone's meant to be married. Not everyone's meant to be monogamous. Not everyone's meant to have kids. And not everyone's meant to be in a primary committed relationship. And that's okay. Finally, we're living in a time where we're normalizing being together but not living together. Being together but not being married. That's okay. Being together but not having kids because you don't want to deal with with all that mess. That's cool too. You know what I mean? Raising a kid with your best friend. That's awesome. Being gay and having a kid. Power to you. Some people just want to live with friends and hook up casually. That's awesome. Enjoy. But for those that are like, you know what? I want to go old school and I want to do all the things and I want to have all the things that I've been told I need to have. Cool. So we were talking about one step more. It's the smallest thing, but I'm a fan of the smallest things because it's hard for us to do complicated things. And that's why I say one more thing, one more step, one more risk, standing near them, looking again, saying something, asking a question. You would be surprised if you keep practicing that, what can emerge from that? You realizing this person's a dud, I don't want them. Or the conversation keeps going and it's great and it's easy to ask them out or they ask you out. I don't know, keep it going. That was off the apps. On the apps, it's the same thing. Do you know what everyone in my practice that is on the apps and single and looking for love is saying? No one's assertive. Everyone's a flake. So here's a quick tip. Don't be a flake and be assertive. You will blow people away. But everyone gets thrown off by the smallest infraction or the smallest requirement of assertion. It's okay if you sent the last message. You don't need to sit there waiting for them to respond for you to engage again. Yes, don't be annoying. Don't flood them. But it's okay to keep the conversation going if they dropped it. Be assertive. Take one step more. Follow up at least one more time. Ask one more question. Maybe even go as far as to be vulnerable, saying we had a great time talking. Have you lost interest? Be the person that says, do you want to exchange numbers? Be the person that says, do you want to meet up and go out? Be willing to be the assertive person. Everyone wants to stay in their comfort zone off apps and on apps. And that is part of us getting in our own way. That is part of how we don't create the conditions for these things to emerge. That is, those are some of the barriers we need to dismantle. Fair is fair. It's your turn. It's my turn. I'm a girl. I shouldn't have to ask people out. All these false constructs that aren't real. I'm a bottom. I need to have a daddy that's assertive and aggressive. Get over all of these false constructs and labels. These aren't real positions. We all have the ability to be fluid and diverse in all ways. No one's a top only. You're a bottom and a top. No one's just a bottom. You're a bottom and a top. These are preferences. Just like gendered choices. There's no one no one mandating that your gender has to determine who's who's asking who out, who's opening the door, who's paying what on the date. It's 2022. We don't think in terms of gender anymore. We're evolving beyond that. But you need to also evolve beyond your comfort zone. You have to evolve beyond playing it safe. People have what we're calling the tyranny of too many options. This false idea that I don't have to deal with anything because look at all these people on the app. That is a false construct. That is a false level of confidence. Take seriously someone that you might be interested in and be willing to be the confident, assertive one because no one else is. And so, yes, it does fall on you. It does. I said that to all the patients in my practice. I'm holding you accountable to going out there and creating the goals you have. I'm holding you accountable to creating the solutions to all these problems. I don't care how lazy everyone is. You don't be. I don't care how everyone's a big old bottom and they're passive. You be the big old dom top, dom top and go out there and take life. You know, 
So remember that one step more, step out of your comfort zone. Everyone's wanting everyone else to do the work. Well, I'm expecting you to be the one willing to do that. Um, so what are some other things that we need to dismantle? What are some other ways that we stay in our own way? Well, first off, some people <laughs> overly focus on one person too soon to the detriment of the relationship. That's why dating is not a relationship. Dating is exploring with multiple people, taking your time to realize and explore and, and figure out if I have chemistry or compatibility with any of them to then move into a relationship. Dating isn't the relationship, it comes before. But too many people meet one person and they log off, delete the apps and overfocus on that person. Don't do that. Give it time. You're allowed to date, which means seeing multiple people. Until you've gotten to know this person well enough, until you've gone through some developmental relational milestones where you can really assess the compatibility and chemistry, until you've had sex, until you've explored weekends, until all sorts of stuff, you shouldn't be just prioritizing that person. It isn't a sign of interest. It's actually a bad sign because then you put all the pressure on that person and you exhaust your, you, you, what, what happens is this, you put all of your needs on that one person, you put all your attention on that one person and you put all the pressure on that one person and that doesn't give you the space and the lightness to just casually move through the world with them, witnessing it with them, having companionship with them to really see what can happen. But when we're focused on one person only, it's like going in the fridge and there's only one thing in there. Well, that meal better be good because I got all bets on it. And it's like, what if you had a multiple sets of meals in there? Well, then you give everything a little bit of space. You give everything a little bit of room. You don't put too much pressure on anything to be perfect. We got to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back. Guess what? It's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Amanda. I've considered myself bi my whole life, but I'm finding out that a lot of women won't even give me a chance when I tell them. But then on the other side, Men love it and immediately tell me about something threesome related. feels like no one takes being bi seriously and it's really hard to date. Is this a common thing? Sure is. A lot of men that are bi are shamed and women will say, I won't take you seriously. I think you're gay. There's so much biphobia directed towards men. And like you said, it's a different version of it directed towards women. The dudes are like, yeah, that's hot. Let's get a bunch of ladies together. You ain't bringing another dude in there, but yeah, let's get all the ladies together. And like you're saying, some women don't take it seriously. I'm surprised to hear that part though. Um, but again, everyone has a different experience. Uh, biphobia is a real thing. Uh, bifo uh, bisexuality is also a real thing. It is not someone secretly or unwilling to admit that they're gay. It is amazing to me what we will accept as a reality in the world and then things that we won't. Uh, we hear horrible stories of moms putting their kids in a car and driving it into the ocean and drowning them. Parents kill their children all the time. We're like, okay, yeah, we believe it. We can imagine that. It's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine, but you know, we're not we're not denying the reality of that and some other things. And then someone's like, I like men and women, and we're like, whoa, too far, too far. Why? Why can we conceive of so many diverse creative ways of being in the world? People are different heights, different weights, have different skin tones, all sorts of differences. But but we think it can only be two sexualities. You're gay or you're straight. Nowhere else in the world, under no other category, are there only two options. There's even more options of men and women, not just because trans and pan and non-binary people exist, also because there's more than just XX and XY. Yes, there are so many different chromosomal configurations. 
it is and will always be bananas to me around what we won't understand. Do you know that a child can be born with two chromosomes and ovaries and a uterus on the inside, but a penis and a scrotum on the outside? Do you know that you can be XO, you can be XXY, you can be XXYY, XXXYY? <laughs> there are more than five sexes. There are hundreds of genders. There are so many wild, beautiful things in nature. If you look at the animal and plant kingdom, they are trans, they are bi, they are queer. They, they impregnate themselves. They make sex toys. They have and give themselves abortions. Like the world is so queer and diverse and it's beautiful, but it is wild that again, we think people are gay or they're straight. We just can't conceive of bisexuality. That is far beyond the scope of what we can imagine. We believe in aliens and ghosts and miracles and we think we can uh, create a vision board and we actually think that that's going to happen if I if I will something into being I can manifest it all these ridiculous wild things but we're like yeah bisexuality too far just too far oh my god people even believe in God which I do I think it's a beautiful thing but bisexuality no too far just too far that is bananas to me but I hear it all the time. I am someone who has been with and dated every single gender expression. I consider myself non, non-identified, fluid, whatever these words are. And yet people will tell me to my face, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And it's like how patronizing and offensive. So if you don't believe in it, you're basically saying to my face, you don't believe in me in some respects. Although that's not a word I'd use to define myself because I actually don't use definers. My identity is not tied to the, the kind of sex I have or the genders I have sex with. My identity is about other things. But nonetheless, I don't want to digress too much. So I feel your pain. It is completely ridiculous. So bisexual people, please talk more about it if you feel safe and comfortable. And, um, you know, monosexual people, people that just like one gender, people that are homo or hetero, please try to push on those edges. I mean, if you're a straight person, hey, if you're a straight dude, a straight cis dude, and you watch straight porn, there's a penis in the screen. Part of your arousal includes the presence of another penis. That is not completely heterosexual. I'm just going to point that out. We're all on that continuum somewhere with comfort. It's a beautiful thing. Let's normalize it. All right, y'all, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline at G page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. Past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen, because it's all about relearning what we have to unlearn. We got to learn more about bisexuality, yo. The work never ends. It's amazing. Sex is like one of the final frontiers, sex and gender. God bless it. But anyway, stick around, y'all. We got more to come. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey will be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're talking about all the different ways that we uh, get in our own way with dating, the obstacles that we need to dismantle, the conditions we need to create, because that's all we have control over. Creating the conditions around which love can emerge, creating the conditions within which we can explore chemistry and compatibility. And that's what we're really looking at. And earlier segments, we were talking about one step more, putting yourself out there, challenging yourself, not waiting for other people to do the work you're not willing to, to do. 
then we're also talking about not overly focusing on one person to the point of like sucking the life out of it. That's why we date. That means multiple people until we decide who we want a relationship with. But dating isn't the relationship. We take time in dating to really experience things with them to see if they're what we're looking for. And the reason why we date multiple people is it spreads out our focus and our intensity. If you're right away focused on that one person right away too soon, you put too much pressure on them and you can exhaust it and you put demands because they're your go-to for everything. Um, and it's better to kind of spread that out a little bit. It lightens it up. You realize you have a lot of options. You're probably more in your better functioning and better judgment by saying, let me compare. Let me see what it's like. Let me give everyone a healthy level of challenge. I'm not just focusing on this one person and then maybe I'm forcing it to work because that's all I got. We don't want to force anything. We want to very gently, very lovingly have some experiences with the per this person to see if we have chemistry, see if we have compatibility. What's it like to be with them on the weekends? What's it like to experience a holiday with them? What's it like to be with them during a difficult time? These are the things you want to realize before you form a relationship, because then you end up in my office as a, as a patient saying, well, we're committed or we're living together. We have kids or whatever it is, and we have to figure this out. And it's like, well, just because you want to be with them doesn't mean you can be. Some people's nervous systems aren't compatible. Some people's traumas aren't compatible. Some people's lifestyles aren't compatible. Explore that first. Go through some milestones with them. See what it's like to have sex with them. See what it's like to go on dates with them. See what it's like to spend a holiday with them, the weekend. See what their friends are like. Really give it some time. And that's why we don't overfocus on one person. We spread it out. <clears throat> we don't want to tie our happiness and our dating life to that one person too soon. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyone healthy will understand that. They'll say, we've only been hanging out for a couple of weeks. Of course, you're seeing other people still. Because I always say, until you've discussed exclusivity or monogamy, do not assume that. Never assume anything until it's been discussed. That is something everyone has to be on the same page with and want. Um, another thing that you need to dismantle that might be how you're kind of getting in your own way is, is some of the, the self-talk, the way you perceive yourself. I think far too many people um, overly focus on their past and what might not have worked or what they think might be wrong with them and just project that right into the future. We can never take a singular event and, and just Use it as a grand sweeping global assessment of who we are, or what's possible. I think it's a good thing and a bad thing that we never know what's coming next. We never know who's going to be on the, on the app next week. We never know who's going to be at the local grocery store next week. Things are always changing. New people are single. New people are interested in dating. New people are presenting themselves. So our past experiences do not tell us what's to come. We can't count on our past experiences to be what we can expect of the future. That's a good thing and a bad thing. So, Think about that. And I've said this to everyone as well. We have the highest rate of singledom ever. More people are single than not. So you can't say everyone's getting married. Everyone's having kids. Everyone's in a relationship. No, they're not. Most people aren't actually. And even if you log on an app, most of those people are on there and will be on there for a while. It takes time. It should take time exploring, dating, connecting. But if you're putting yourself out there, if you're not holding back, if you're challenging your self-talk, because we can negatively self-talk ourselves into singledom for a very long time. And so just be very thoughtful about the core beliefs you have about your desirability and your dateability and make sure that's not preventing you from participating in the dating world because what some people like isn't what everyone likes. What you're attracted to isn't what everyone else is attracted to. And there's this thing called erotic empathy where 
other people might find us attractive even if we don't. Other people might find us attractive even if those we like don't. We can't and don't want to diminish someone else being uh, attracted to us. And people do that in many different ways where they'll say, you know, I can't meet anyone. And I'm like, oh, but you just went on a, and they're like, well, not that person. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, wait a minute. So people are interested. People do like you. People are matching with you, but it's not the people you want it to be. Okay, well, that's annoying, but you can't say no one wants me. It's, I'm not meeting the people that I want that also want me. Okay, well, of course not. It takes time. That's a very complex formula. So really be very cautious about whatever this core belief is that you're living from and more importantly, feeling and dating from because often it's very negative and it's very limiting. And it's not realistic either. We never know what's to come. We never know who's available. Our past doesn't dictate our future in that way. And how we feel about ourselves or how we've been treated by our most recent partners doesn't speak to, again, what's possible and how someone else might feel about us or treat us. But we really overly buy into these rigid belief systems about our desirability and our worth. And I also always add to that, make sure you're on the apps and spending time in the right neighborhoods and bars that do value who you are. There are certain subcultures where they value tattooed people versus preppy people versus wealthy people versus middle-class people versus larger bodied versus smaller bodied versus white centric versus colored centric. Like find the right spaces that do desire and value who you are because some people are just spending time in the wrong social circles. We'll talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we're back talking about uh, how we maybe keep ourselves trapped and single, how we are maybe not dismantling the barriers, but strengthening them, how we might be working against creating the conditions within which and around which love and, and all that can emerge. Um, some of us are spending time in the wrong social spaces. Look around that social space. Are you spending, are you spending time? in spaces where you are not the kind of person that is centered, prioritized, or desired. I work with some people, I know some people, where their social circles are their opposite and the places they're hanging out are their opposites. Now, I don't make the rules. I wish it was different. I wish there was no such thing as standards and norms where we all fall in line and consume and strengthen these ideals and whatever it is. But but that is the world we currently live in, and that's what I'm talking about. We All we can do is what we can do. And all we can do is say, how am I getting in my own way? How can I create better conditions? And how can I assert myself? And that's why we're taking one step forward. We're pushing on our edges and our boundaries and our comfort. We're also paying attention to the worlds we're spending time in. Are those the right places for me? Are those the places where people are like-minded and I am prioritized and maybe desired? Do I need to find a different app? Do I need to find a different bar? Do I need to spend time in a different neighborhood like I just think back to Philadelphia there was a time when I was the only tattooed person in my in in the environment I was living in well of course I wasn't going to be idealized or desired I spent time then socially around other tatted out radicals so that I found people that valued who I was then I came out to California and everyone's covered in tattoos including like you know all of, you know Britney's tour dancers and it's like it's a whole different vibe and I was like ah but Think about that. Am I running in worlds and social circles where I don't really fit in or I'm not erotically desired? Well, that's never going to work. Um, it does for some, but it doesn't for everyone. So, so think about that also. We're also talking about looking at our core beliefs about who we are and really 
testing whether or not that's true because sometimes we can keep ourselves trapped internally and also inside because we really just don't buy into the possibility of because we think what we've experienced already is what will always be and that's not true there's a wealth of apps if nothing else that cater to all different kinds of people and we want to go out in the world and find spaces or create spaces where we're at least giving ourselves a better chance by pushing on those edges, as I said, going and standing near people, starting conversations, being accessible, not spending our lives with our headphones on and our heads down where no one can even approach us or catch our eye. And so that's why we have to talk about even app use. What apps are you using? Are you on an app that's more geared towards sex and hooking up, trying to find love and dates? Probably not the best place for your time and energy. There are certain apps that are more geared towards sex. Awesome, go do it. Have all the sex in the world. There's also apps that are more geared towards dating and romance and long-term relationship. Make sure you're on those as well. Make sure you're not using those to try to flirt and sexualize because that might be what's turning people off. So look at that as well. Like how are you presenting yourself and, and, and on what apps or in what spaces are you presenting yourself? Because there's something really meaningful in that. Um, I think another important thing to look at is also what is it you think you're looking for? And where did that, where did that ideal or that vision come from? Because I, I work with some clients where they present to me the vision or the wish list. And I say to them, that's, that's your ego list. That is what your ego says you need. If you're, if you're looking for someone of a certain height, that's, that's your ego. Um, those are the things that we do to keep ourselves single. Those are the obstacles that I'm talking about needing to remove height requirements, weight requirements, financial requirements. Those are you trying to control and trying to participate in a desirability politics. Um, we tend to, um, really romanticize height. Well, why does someone's height matter? It has nothing to do with anything. And some women are afraid of dating a man shorter than them. Well, then you better be comfortable with your singledom if you're ruling out eligible great people because they're shorter than you. Height has literally nothing to do with anything. Please give me an example where height actually matters in the important pieces of relationship, dating, love, safety, trust, comfort, care. It doesn't. But yet we'll do things like that. No one under a certain height. Well, that is you keeping yourself single. And you by all means are allowed to do that and you're allowed to rule out people based on their weight and how they dress and how much money they make. But then you better be able to look me in the face and say, I'm cool being single because my ego, my self-confidence was so low and so fragile that I couldn't imagine myself being out in the world with someone that the culture hasn't deemed suitable or doesn't live up to these really dumb, made up arbitrary qualities because none of those factors matter. And that's usually what we get hung up on, the form. When what we really need to be paying attention to is the content, what's inside that form, their height, their weight, all those things don't matter. What matters is what's inside them, their personality, their emotional health, their you know intelligence. Because when you're sitting down for dinner, when you're having a tough time and you need support from your partner, when you're having sex, when you're traveling, when you're trying to raise a family or whatever you're working on, what matters is their personality, their emotional health, their mental health. That's inside. Their height doesn't matter. Their weight doesn't matter. The amount of money they make doesn't matter. How they dress doesn't matter. What kind of car they drive doesn't matter. None of that matters. But that's often what people will tell you. And that's what they'll start listing when you say, what's your, what's your checklist? It's a mess. I've shared these different stats on the show. 20% of the culture is over like 5'9 or 5'10. 20%. So when you have these height requirements of six foot or taller, you've removed 80% of the eligible people. And then when you start adding in all your other qualities, you're shrinking that down even more. So height brings it down to 20% of the population. And every other factor you add shrinks it down more and more and more. That is one of the most 
meaningful examples I can give you of how our ego and our anxiety and trying to participate in the world in the way we think we need to gets us trapped in singledom. Really, really, really take that one home. What is this vision or this list of qualities you need? You think they need to have? Are they internal and what it's really like as a partner or are they external and it's about form? And why does that matter? And does that matter more than actually finding love, care, support, trust, and companionship? Sit with that. All right, we're going to keep talking about this, and then we're going to be closing out with some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, question, topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about that repetition. Really got to build it in there. But um, stick around. we got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're just finishing up our discussion of all the amazing barriers we need to dismantle, all the different ways we keep ourselves single because we're working on being better, challenging ourselves, creating the conditions. Um, we're just talking about our ego list, all the different things we think this partner needs to have and usually it's things that they don't need to have and has nothing to do with what kind of partner or person they are and it's really about our ego and our low confidence. We need them to have a certain kind of form and we really ignore the content and the content is what matters. That's what breaks people up. That's where the conflict and struggle comes from. That's really what matters. Uh, but let's also talk about the idea of the idea. And that means oftentimes we maybe enter dating and we have an idea of who we think they should be or could be or need to be. That is violent, that is abusive, and that is a losing theory because we are not predetermined. You never know how someone will grow and change. You never know the person they'll become. The only thing you can count on is who they are now. So if you meet someone, you date and commit to who they are now, not who you think they could be or should be. It is not appropriate to try to change someone. We can try to make requests, which is healthy because we're in a relationship with them. We can try to influence them positively, but we don't get to control or demand anything from a partner. Being in a relationship is not about ownership or control or change. It's about being with, being transformed by and transforming, but it's not about us centering ourselves. And sometimes we like the idea of them more than we actually like the person. So if you're constantly frustrated and there's things you don't like and there's deal breakers, let them go find someone who wants them exactly as they are and stop making you and them miserable because that's part of how we end up keeping ourselves unhappy and then later single. That's a big one. Um, <clears throat> Some other stuff that kind of keeps us trapped. Uh, fear of uh, fear of rejection. And that's why some people are unwilling to take risks and to put themselves out there. Yeah, it's kind of like the fear of intimacy. Uh, they're really afraid of vulnerability. It's like when people go on dates, I say to them, don't try to be liked. Don't go on a date thinking success is getting them or being liked. Go be known. Just go be yourself. Radical authenticity. What should you wear? The things you like to wear. Where should you go? The places you like to eat. Let them really experience you in your life honestly and authentically so you can really assess interest and compatibility. Don't sell a dream. Don't be better than you are. Don't perform perfect date. Be honest. Within, within the scope of who you really are, you can be. You come from your better self, but don't fake it. Don't perform it. Be yourself. That's Let's get away from that fear of intimacy, really being known. And also that fear of rejection, which is what makes us want to really show up in the way we think they need us to or want us to. We dress differently. We talk about different topics. Don't do that. That's a fear of rejection. That's a fear of intimacy. Intimacy is really letting ourselves be known. Risk 
risk a successful date, which is one where it doesn't go well. That's successful because you really showed up as yourself and so did they and you realize we're not a match, we're not compatible. That's a success. The goal of the date, again, is not to be liked or to get them. It's to really assess if we should see each other again or if there's something there. So you have to be willing to be disliked. You have to be willing to step into the anxiety of true intimacy. That, so remember that part. That, 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 that is the very, very bare minimum. And that's what's a bummer. I see some people really let go of important parts of who they are or they hide it or they water it down because they're afraid of not being liked or they're afraid of being known. But that's who you really are. And we want to know that on the front end. No, we don't have to vomit out everything right away. We're allowed to have boundaries and privacy. People have to earn their way in to deeper parts of who we are. So I'm not saying map it all, you know, right, you know, on the app or on the first date, vomit out. They have an addiction history, mental illness, or whatever it is. No, you don't know anyone that. Um, but still go as yourself. Talk about the things you talk about. Slowly move them into the deeper, more honest parts of who you are. But always keep it honest and authentic. Um, cause that's, a, that, that's one of the biggest flaws is down the road. We then reveal that, or those parts are known and the person feels kind of like ambushed or, or manipulated or lied to because we've withheld that. Um, another way we sometimes keep ourselves single is we stop participating in the world. We think that we have to go to certain places or things to find someone. The, the number one most powerful thing you can do is go do the things you like to do. And you'll naturally be around people who also like those things. And that's a healthy way to really maybe find someone where there's some compatibility. If you like art, still keep going to see art. If you like concerts, still keep going to concerts. Try to find people there. Practice that one step more, that one thing further, while at a mu museum or an art gallery or a concert. Because if they're there, they might actually also enjoy those same things. That's really, 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 really beautiful. But notice that I'm talking about going out more. If you want to find love and you don't like your singledom, you have to be out in the world as much as possible. You can't just count on the apps and no one's going to come knocking on your door. So you can't be staying in too much. That is part of how we sometimes depress ourselves. And that is also sometimes how we prevent ourselves from being out meeting people. You're going to have to go out into the world. Be willing to do that. Um, so that is another example of where we have to push on our edges and our comfort. We have to be out more. We have to be accessible. We have to be approachable. We have to be friendly. We have to be engaging. We have to lean into our discomfort and make it easy on them. We have to stand by people and ask questions and start conversations and keep conversations going and sometimes be the one to ask them out and not let them wander by. So track that, check in on that, try that, see how that goes. Cause we're, it's all about creating the conditions and dismantling the barriers. All right, more to come. DMs coming up next. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my brother has severe anxiety and depression. Changed our relationship over the past few years. We're still navigating it. Person I'm worried about most is my mom and our relationship. Her own anxiety has gotten so bad. Anytime I tell her anything, she questions me about it. I tell her work is going well, she'll come back and say, are you lying to me? Do you even have a job anymore? Wow, that's actually pretty, um, that's interesting. Uh, Back to the question, you said, I'm afraid to tell her things that are happening in my life because even when I'm happy, her anxiety ruins the moment. Am I just going to have to keep distancing myself from her? And I've tried to tell her, tried to convince her to go to therapy medication. She acknowledges her problem, but refuses therapy and doesn't want to change. Well, yes, you have to accept your mom. Yep, we have to accept everyone exactly as they are. I, 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 I'll say this, I'll start wide and then I'll zero in. We don't get to tell people how they need to be in the world or who they should be. I don't know who your mom needs to be. I don't know how your mom is to be. I don't know that her depression and anxiety need to be gone. I would never pretend to know what another person needs. And if this is the life your mom wants to choose, well, then we have to let her have it. And I know some people don't like hearing it said like that, but I don't know how to tell someone to change someone else. I tell that to people that come into my private practice. I tell all my patients, the work is with you. I can help you change. I can help you transform. I can help you be different. But if you're coming in to ask me how to make someone else change, I don't know how, I don't want to know how, and that's very patronizing and violent. We have to let people lead the lives they choose. All we can do is we can make requests and we can try to positively influence. You can lovingly let her know the therapy medication exists. You can help her understand what the resources are. You can help her make connections. You can try to influence her by talking about how much therapy or medication has helped you or other people, and that's all you can do. And if this is the way your mom wants to live and move through the world, then your job is about accepting it 
allowing it and navigating. I don't think you should cut her out of your life because of that. And I think you have a right to set some boundaries. Hey mom, I want to share something with you, but I'm going to ask you to silently just be present with what I'm sharing and listen and ask her to hold space. And if her anxiety steps in, you can say, I'm going to stop you. It sounds to me like that's your anxiety again. Can we leave that aside? And can we focus on engaging with what I'm sharing with you? You can hold her hand through it. I love people telling other people what it is they want, what it is they need, what it is they expect, because I don't want us to cut people out of our lives because they're struggling and your mom's struggling. But this is where she chooses to be right now. Remember, the stages of change tell us that not everyone's ready for action. You would think someone should be able to quickly identify an issue and step into a solution, but that is not how it works with anything. People often stay in what we call the contemplation stage for a while, where they're thinking about options and maybe really figure out whether or not they want to change or whatever's going on as a problem. Sometimes they're in what we call the pre-contemplation stage, where they haven't even identified something as an issue. And what we need to do is we need to just be supportive and present and motivating. But this is where your mom's at and this is how your mom might always be. Some people will never change because the only way they can change is if they choose to, which is why court-ordered therapy and court-ordered 12-step programs and all that is violent, offensive, patronizing, and not the right way to go about it. Therapy isn't a punishment. I know I won't be a part of therapy with someone who doesn't want to be there ever. In fact, I make people prove that they want to be there because I'm not trying to force anything on anyone. So your mom isn't right for therapy right now because she isn't wanting it. And therapy can't be forced on someone. It's not a magic thing. It doesn't work like that. It's a relationship. The person themselves have to actually do the work. The therapist is just a guide, a coach, a facilitator. It's like a personal trainer. They're not the one lifting the weights around the treadmill. They can only stand there and motivate and guide and hold your hand and, and help you create a vision and help you problem solve and all these other things, you know? So your mom isn't there. And so she needs people like you in her life. That's why we don't let people drift. Even addicts, we don't let addicts hit rock bottom. We don't kick addicts out. They need care and support. They need people present. We, we do harm reduction. We help reduce the harm any way we can. So that's what I'm leaving you with. Your job is to help reduce the harm any way you can in your mom's life because you love her. That's not codependence. That's called love. And anyone calling that codependent, you don't understand what love looks like. You don't do it to your detriment. But if it's hard, you do it anyway. You love her. So you help reduce the harm around that. And that's what you do as a good, as a good daughter, or well, I should say differently, a good person, because we don't owe anyone anything because of that role. Um, but I know it's hard. So tons of love, tons of empathy. It's hard to be around that. It's hard to witness that. I get it, you know? So do your best. Harm reduction, y'all, harm reduction. All right, y'all, that is our show. Please spend the rest of the night focused on love, pleasure, leisure, care. We're dropping the bar on ourselves, dropping the bar for other people really extending compassion. We need more of that. We'll be back tomorrow night though, y'all. So join us then. Thanks for hanging out. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.